0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Engage and Equip podcast. My name is Nick Gibson. I'm interviewing today Glenn Smith, who is the founder and director and leader at Shepherd to Shepherd, which is a ministry specifically designed to help debrief pastors and help them rest and re-enter pastoral ministry well. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit today about just the general idea of the difficulty of pastoral ministry, especially at this moment in the United States. What the costs are what that means for you as a believer in your local church and then what are some things you can do to try to make sure that our pastors are doing well and they can lead the church well for the benefit of the gospel going forward and the health of the sheep in the local church every believer that belongs to christ so let me introduce glenn uh glenn smith uh you were a pastor in madison for a long time but a pastor in a bunch of other places too why don't you tell us a little bit about your background as a pastor
1: hey thanks nick um just just thanks for letting me be here and talk a little bit about something that's uh on our heart pretty heavy um just passionate about the whole idea of caring for pastors caring for shepherds uh vicki and i have been pastoral ministry for 40 years uh, a little over and uh have led many churches from 100 to 4500 we've been married for 45 years in just a few days coming up on our anniversary And uh, we just have watched the landscape of pastoral ministry um, begin to deteriorate over the last several years um, with pastors falling into moral failure, um, doing some funny things that that create problems with their church, um, really getting under stress. Then couple that together with COVID, um, it has taken its toll. On um, the local church pastor um, and so we uh, we felt like why not take the 40 years of ministry um, being in the trenches like pastors are and dealing with all the ups and downs and over and over and outs and how that looks to the local pastor and knowing what they go through and turn that around to help um, just sort of pivot and create an atmosphere and a safe space for pastors to get away, take a time out and get some help. Um, pastors typically suffer in silence and we're supposed to have it together for everybody um, and always be on call. And pastors are notorious for not taking care of their own lives and souls um, for the sake of the sh- or taking care of the sheep so um we've watched that we've we've seen that and in some cases we've experienced that and so knowing some of the backdrop of what Mm -hmm. they go through we felt like we were in a perfect place to utilize um, the experience and some of the skill sets that we have for leadership um, to help bring people to um, our, our retreat that we're creating in Colorado Springs and uh, provide a place for pastors to come and first rest, second, um, really just kind of be refueled and refreshed. Um, but, but more importantly, um, really unpack some things that they have been carrying for a long, long time. And it just, just sort of, I call it suck and tuck. We, we sort of suck it up wow. and then we tuck it. Um, you know, we keep going and not, not realizing yeah. how way down we really are. And right. so that's that's our heart, Nick. And I, I yeah. know that's your heart, and I, I so appreciate being a part of this.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, one of things we emphasize on Engage and Equip is the importance of the local church, that there is no such thing as an abstract universal church without the concrete local church of real human beings. Those churches are led by elders that the Bible also calls pastors. Some of those people do that vocationally. And so, um, before we move into like solutions that are just real general solutions of ways to support your pastor, and then the specific solution Shepherd to Shepherd Shepherd to Shepherd offers, let, can we just start with like story and scope? Because you'd like tell us a story or two about your own life or people that you guys have ministered to of pastors or people in full time ministry that were caving in, and then also like statistically get a little bit of a sense of the scope of this problem in the American among American ministers.
1: Yeah, I mean, for for a lot of years, my heart has been for local churches and pastors, not just our own church and our own backyard. Uh, we came to Madison with uh, a philosophy that there's only one church in Madison. We just happen to meet in different places. So we've, we've always cared about people outside of our four walls. And we've watched and I've coached over the years so many um, people who have fallen um, into burnout and fallen into moral yeah. failure. I've been called on dozens and dozens of times to help um, pastors be restored and walk through reconciliation. And most of the time— could you, Glenn,
0: could you tell like— yes, yeah, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, most of the time it, it boils down, and I'll come back to this, it boils down to two things, loneliness and busyness. And those two things set up uh, a pastor for disaster.
0: Can you like give us just like a typical story sketch so that people kind of like can get a sense of, like because I I, th- I think a lot of people they know their lives are tough, but they don't really I mean they don't really think about this in terms of pastors. They, I mean they see stuff like on the news, they hear about somebody like Ravi Zacharias who had like a second life. They hear about pastors like you know. Um, Dr. McDonald at Harvest Church that like just had like some problematic things he was doing, leading his church and his use of money and like, but generally speaking, they think of those as like guys who fell into evil, you know, right. Who chose temptation right, right, right. as opposed to like understanding the long term, like wearing down and just like the silent depression people care. Can you tell a like, kind of like, just like a typical story of somebody you're talking about?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've coached many and I've watched uh a particular pastor who um, didn't care for himself or his family put the ministry first always um, and vicki and i've lived our life with marriage first ministry second uh, or third or fourth um, but they violated some very basic principles of uh, burning the midnight oil or burning the candle at both ends and you you know the axiom is you, you do that you're going to get burned and we mm-hmm. i've coached um, several pastors, but just one I can think of right now that, that continued that grind of not taking time for um, the proper rest. I believe there's a balance to life, and I believe there's four components of that balance, which is work, rest, worship, and play. And most pastors don't know how to play. Um, they don't know how to get out from underneath the um the heaviness of carrying the ministry and walking things on a daily basis. And, um, they, they allow it to cause them to implode. And I coached this one pastor who it, because of not taking time away, because of not saying no to some people in the church and stepping away to be refueled and refreshed. That it cost him his his kids, cost him his family, cost him, obviously, his church, uh, cost his marriage, um, cost him everything. And I'll never forget one day he said to me, Glenn, if I, I would have realized how much this would have cost me, I would have never done it. And that's sort of where a lot of pastors are. It's It, it sort of sneaks up on them and they don't realize how bad things are. It's kind of like walking wounded. You don't realize how wounded you are until you step away from the battle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and this particular pastor has um, still never never recovered from that, not even following God today uh, because of the toll it took on his marriage and his family. And that's, in, I mean, in, this,
0: just, in this particular case, is this a guy who, like, his, his things just came apart, and no, we wanted to, to stay with him. Or, did he, I'm assuming in this case, he fell into some kind of moral failure.
1: No, it, it, it wasn't the case of moral failure, it was the case of neglection. neglecting yeah. his family, neglecting his kids, neglecting everyone that meant something to him. And um, it, it eventually turned into moral failure after the fact. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, so it didn't start there.
0: Yeah. So, so there's a, I mean, there's a lot of stories like this, right? I mean, one of the things that um, you and I've talked about is there's a lot of, there's been a lot of research that's been done on the wellness of American pastors and clergy. And it's really kind of terrifying as somebody who's in ministry and like it has some years to go left, you know, myself. Um, let me, I'll read some of these stats and you can add some more maybe if you want and get, cause I want people to get a sense of the scope of this issue So in the United States, it's estimated by Barna that 1,500 clergy leave the ministry every month. 1,500 every month? Yeah. 90% of clergy don't stay in the ministry till retirement. 83% of clergy spouses want their spouse to leave the ministry. 50% of pastors would leave the ministry if they thought they could make a living another way. 90% of pastors report working between 55 and 75 hours per week. 80% of pastors, people in pastoral ministry or 80% believe pastoral ministry has had a negative effect on their family. 80%, like four out of five pastors think being in ministry has had a negative effect on their family. 70% don't have a single close friend. 33% confess inappropriate sexual behavior with someone in the church. 50% of starting ministers don't last five years. 94% of clergy families, quote, feel the pressure of the ministry on their families. And, um, in, um, esteem survey surveys in the United States pastor is at the bottom just above quote car salesman. So like, these are the kinds of, these are the kinds of things about the state of being a pastor, being in full-time ministry and serving the church as your vocation in the United States right now that those are some of the statistics that you've looked at too, right? Like, what do you, what do you make of them? What do you think about that? How do you try to make those clear to people?
1: Well, I think they're spot on. I think um, uh, another statistic is just 63% of pastors don't take a regular day off. Um, And I mean, obviously, that's important. Uh, The whole idea of Sabbath rest is critical. Um, But you have you have which which translates and leads to burnout. And um, when you when you sort of step into that burnout phase, you, you start to experience more stress. You um, oftentimes it leads to depression and insufficient sleep and rest. And then, and then spiritual dryness. And for someone who is supposed to feed the sheep, when you're experiencing spiritual dryness, um, it puts a lot of pressure on you to come up with something that's, that's, you know, fresh from the Lord um, when you are experiencing that dryness yourself, which translates again into loss of motivation for ministry you start to feel isolated and then become susceptible to temptation. Right, um, And, and then, people start
0: uh, you, complaining about your work. You know, people start putting more pressure on you because they're like, hey, this isn't going well. People are leaving the church. Don't you see this?
1: Yeah. And and you feel like, well, what else can I do? And it just is this downward spiral into um, some real serious despair and heartache. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I, uh, I feel you know,
0: too, like pastors struggling in that kind of vice of like things aren't going well at church. So they kind of want to work harder to see if they can like, like pull up on the joystick and get the plane to fly up, you know? And yeah. what they do is like, they work extra hard. They're already burned out. And then they get in a place where either they have a moral failure or they're so like, they're so burned over that when they finally go to the elders or something and say, Hey, will you help me? Then like the, they're not real motivated and finances are in the toilet, so they don't feel like they have the money and then they just go, well, I don't know. Maybe it's time for you to go, you know, and then exactly. they just, they just let that pastor go and they just go out. They hire another one if they can afford it, you know?
1: Yeah. And that, and, and yeah, that, so, that's one of the problems. So,
0: right. And That's one. Of so the I want to cover two things, Glenn. One is for, yeah. So, so okay. So for people listening, let's co- I want to cover two things. The first is, um, what are just some basic things people in the church can do? Or what are some of the things that people in church just should know about pastoral ministry and what it means as to be part of a church and to care about what happens to your pastor? Because both for just the purposes of love, like you don't want bad to happen to your pastor and his, his family, but also out of self-interest spiritually, like you want a vibrant, loving, not burned out, spiritually alive pastor, who's not falling into moral failure, right? So like, how do right. you as a church member try to support that? And then after that, let's get into specifically why ministries like Shepherd to Shepherd can should exist and how those could be utilized by churches.
1: So the greatest gift that, that that we can give to the local church is a healthy pastor. It's, um, and it's, I think it's incumbent upon the pastor. It's, it's twofold and there's dual responsibility. The pastor needs to understand his role and what his role is not and needs to um, be able to hit the timeout, you know, fairly often when he needs to, to get away and get refreshed. The, the, the church needs to make sure that that's happening. You know, the elders and the pastoral team need to make sure that, that he's getting the kind of uh, rest that he needs. And you know pastors the problem is they're they're always on they're even when they're not on they're on and they're always thinking about the next thing and the next thing and they're they're creative they're they're dreamers they're they're always building the next sermon series they're always building the next message they're always on to something else they're always in the trenches even when they're home oftentimes they're not and so to to have you know to have your spouse say where are you today you know uh your spouse could, could help you and encourage you not to, to take it so serious that you burn yourself out. Um, the church can remind members of the church, people who you care about um, that are in your life for a reason, can find out what they can do to offload some things that you currently are doing that perhaps you don't need to be doing. It's, it's the body of Christ really stepping up to the plate and carrying the load um, because most people think pastors have it easy. And it's not true. Um, having done it for 40 years, I know I, I used to own my own business um, before I went into the ministry and I I've been in the marketplace. I've owned my own business and pastored for 40 years. I promise you there's no comparison. Uh, not to say not to make light of, of those things, but knowing what it takes to be a vibrant pastor and care for the flock and continue to build something significant um, takes a whole lot more than most people are aware
0: of? Yeah, so you don't think pastors are just whiners that everybody has it hard and they just need to get it together?
1: <laughs> no, I don't. I, I, I think. Most Do you think of the that ministry they're, they're not whining?
0: Sometimes people say in the helping professions of various kinds that they tend to draw the most emotionally healthy and the most emotionally unhealthy people. Do you think that's true? Yeah.
1: I do, I do. Yeah, it's it's your greatest greatest uh, weakness is oftentimes your greatest strength. You know, it's it's the yeah. it's the backside of a, of a wonderful strength.
0: Okay, so let me. I would just want to recap what you said here for people. One is that pastors should not try to do everything, and that this concept of the priesthood of all believers—that like all believers are called to ministry, all believers are called to serve and do stuff—and if you just let the pastor run around and do things, you're going to kill him. And you're going to, it's not just him that's going to pay, you're going to pay in the end. And that's just not God's vision for the church, right? Secondly, the other leaders of the church, your board of trustees, your elders, those people, they should take some accountability responsibility for the, the positive health of the lead pastor or the pastoral staff, the people who are vocationally leading and shepherding the church that, um, so some examples of this would be like. Explicitly asking him, how are you doing? Right. Making sure they're taking their vacation. And when they're taking their vacation, they're unplugged from the church. Making sure you have a long-term baby sabbatical policy. Um, like, is that the kind of stuff you're mm-hmm. thinking of? Making sure he's taking oh, his absolutely. day off
1: every single week. Yeah, Absolutely. Yep. Um, that's critical. Would you um, add anything you to that? time to reset and refresh. Uh, no, I think you about covered it, Nick. Mm-hmm.
0: Would you say, would you limit night meetings? Like, would you say, like, what I would say, for example, if I've got a pastor with kids at home and I know that they have more than one or two night meetings a week, I'm going to step in and put a stop to that.
1: Exactly. Would you say that
0: or would you handle it differently? Yeah,
1: different yeah I, feel, I feel like most pastors, uh, and we tried our best over the years to, to minimize meetings at night. Um, mm-hmm. Most pastors have way too many meetings at night. Um, which you know they work all day and then they have meetings. and i'm not to say that the rest of the 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 board or the committee doesn't have jobs all day as well Um, but they have way too many meetings and sometimes um, we're putting way too many meetings on our teams as well and it's their their families are suffering and that's not healthy for them either but most pastors, if you have more than two night meetings and you have small yeah. children at home, um, yeah. then you need to cut back some.
0: Yeah. So there's a couple things that I think we've we talked about at High Point is like if, if you can put some money aside for this, is making um we try to make counseling mentoring and consulting available where we think it's necessary as determined by our exec team so like we want to make sure that like if what a person needs is help doing their job they might need consulting if they need help maturing to do their job they might need mentoring and if they need help dealing with clinical issues in their own personal psychology and character then they might need counseling right and i feel like partly because ministry draws in people who oftentimes have some things that are really unhealthy about them, making counseling available or some kind of way for them to heal and grow is really important because anytime somebody in ministry grows, that spreads. that The insights, the work that they do, the growth that they have, that growth just like, my experience is it moves right out into their ministries. They share it immediately.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt that making those three things available are critical. Um, because it's absolutely. It's not, it's not, sometimes it's not just mentoring. It's, it's, it's counseling. And sometimes it's not just counseling. It's, you know, having the right people around you, you know, there's all sorts of different ways that I think that the church can do a better job at caring for its leaders. And obviously the, the leaders can do a better job at caring for the people. Um, but those three things that you just mentioned are, are such an added bonus, yeah. and very few churches are actually doing that and making that available to their staff. But well done, um, kudos to you and the team there, uh, because you yeah, know it it can go yeah, a long I cannot... way at saving the of marriage and life.
0: Yeah, I cannot tell you how happy. Sorry. Yeah, Glenn, Go I can't ahead. tell you how 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 happy it's been for us. How just a good thing it's been for us for our church to care about how I'm doing and how my family's doing, and to and I know like on some level it's self interested, right? Like and and they're really open about that. Like they're like, well, we want you here for twenty years, and right. it, it's, it does no good for us to burn you out the first five years, and then for us to lose all the gains and all the people that got gathered under your leadership. We we want to have a longer period of growth we want to mentor new people we want to see another generation happen after you and they're like it just doesn't do any good if, if you can't do that right we want that longevity we know that that costs something it costs support and help and understanding and and I mean I I, I, I mean I there are ways in which my wife you know wish I didn't work as hard at certain moments but high point has I feel like it's gone out of its way to support me and I think I think it's really blessed the church not and obviously me too you know
1: yeah. And that's uh that's well done on both all both right. sides. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, so Glenn, let's uh let's dive into like more intensive stuff pastors might need. If they get to the point of burnout, they get to the point of depression, they get to the point where they don't know if they want they don't know if they wanna might want to be one of those fifteen hundred pastors that leaves the ministry this month. Um you put together Shepherd to Shepherd for like a spectrum of needs. So somebody who just needs a refreshing week, all the way to somebody who's like, I don't know if I want to stay in the ministry. And they just need a complete revisioning and to really get some distance and to really debrief what's been going on and face the hurts and difficulties. Can you can you kind of explain, like, why Shepherd Shepherd, something like this needs to exist for pastors and why you're wanting to make it available?
1: So we obviously know that not every pastor needs the exact same thing. It's it's not one size fits all and so we we have developed three different tracks for pastors to come and we have a breathtaking view of colorado springs pikes peak mountains just the rockies is just phenomenally gorgeous and our view out of our our, um, retreat center we call it mountain view retreat center um, is just breathtakingly Mm -hmm. beautiful but um so we want them to experience you know the presence of god and the beauty of god but but for those that don't need an intense unloading, but they need a break, um, they need just time away to be in a, in a place where they can enjoy God and take walks and sit on the deck and read, um, we, have, mm-hmm. we have space for them. Um, for those that need sort of some um, unpacking and offloading, we have a shorter version of what we call our debrief. And um, that's like a, a three to four-day abbreviated debrief um, for those that, that aren't, aren't in need as uh, with with as much stuff that they need to offload. Third, we have a six-day full-on debrief. And um, this is incredibly um, fruitful and intense, but with some breathing room. Um, and, and what we do is we, we just walk out. Um, some of the things that they've experienced, we we talk about sort of the the five C's that every pastor um, deals with: Crisis, um, change, conflict, concern, and um, the, the 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 things that that sort of build up in their lives, and they they sort of like I said, tuck it away yeah. and don't deal with it, and we create a timeline um, for. Going back as far as they want till current, and we and we list them um, on a sheet of paper, and actually color code them and create a visual so that they can see all of the the baggage that they've been carrying, all of the things that have mm-hmm. occurred for years. Um, and then, then the next day we go into what we call mm-hmm. the loss cycle. Um, Though what what did those five Cs cost you? What 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 are they going to to cost you both physically and emotionally. And the third day is yeah. we deal with grief, you know, the, the permission to grieve those things that you've lost and to walk that out, the cycles and the stages of grief and, and how to actually, you know, give yourself permission to grieve over those losses that have taken place in ministry. And then we walk through... Um, just a wonderful opportunity for them to begin to think about their life as it is what they feel God's called them to do. And we, and we see by that time, the fourth day, some new revelation starting to take place in their lives. As, they, as they've come to grips with what was, now they're dealing with what is. Um, and then the following day um, is um, sort of offloading what is yet to be offloaded, what needs to be taken to the cross. Um, what does uh, really this laying things down at the foot of the cross and giving it to Jesus really look like? Um, and then uh, you know a, f- a f- full fun day of just hanging out, having fun, going up into the mountains, throwing snowballs at each other most of the year, um, and just and just enjoying yourself with your spouse. Um, that that has been a tremendous um, blessing. And what's interesting is we are being flooded with requests to come. Um, we are overwhelmed with uh, people actually calling us from all, you know, different parts of the country that we don't even know and they're hearing about what we're doing and want to come or asking for a space um, to, to, to be able to book one of our retreats. It tells me that we've struck a nerve. It tells me that what I suspected was true. It tells me that pastors are overwhelmed and hurting, and mm-hmm. they've, they've had hurts and betrayals and heartbreak and disappointment and frustration and some really deep wounds that have occurred. And uh, I found out that if you get them in the right spot with the right tools, that um, many of these can be salvaged before it's too late because if you don't do something before it's too late, generally that leads to something greater, and that breaks my heart when I see pastors falling and yeah. uh, leaving ministry uh, prematurely. And I don't think it has to be that way. And so that's why shepherd to shepherd, we're not we're not the end all. We don't we don't claim to you know feel like we can do it all. You listed three areas that you offer your staff. We're just one little arm of a group of pa- or a couple of pastors who have been in the trenches that want to help out um, lighten the load of the pastors in our country
0: yeah but what you're you guys are offering it so it's just i want to make it clear for our listeners that like there there are pastoral retreats where like you just go fly fish drink whiskey shoot guns like spend some time talking to other guys eat good food play golf and just kind of like get out of dodge and like relax and talk to some other guys that are suffering from the same stuff. And that stuff is; those are really great things. I mean, I've been on those before. You've been on those before. They they're they're worth the money. Most people feel like who go on them, right? Like what you guys are doing is something different. Like you're you're trying to include some of that relaxation and and engaging in beauty and getting unplugged and those sorts of things. But it's it's less people. It's like, it's fewer people in the context. It's a little bit more time, but that it it has a really intensive processing component where you're trying to help people process their story, retell their story, and then emotionally connect with it in a place where they might be, have been emotionally flatlined for a while to like Mm -hmm. actually feel like the betrayals, the hurts, the anger, the grief, right? Like what they've lost, what it's cost. And then sometimes out of that pain actually comes a willingness to go on and to face another season with some hope, right, and some vision, right, like you said. And that's a different thing, right? I mean, why did you choose that? What do you think could be accomplished with somebody doing this instead of just giving them a break?
1: Well, again, it's it it's based on what they need, their needs are. Um, and right. we, we don't dictate what they will experience when they come. They choose. Um, They Mm -hmm. choose what kind of experience they want to have, what they feel um, is their greatest need. And from that, we try to marry up um, the best experience that they can have. Um, So they could come and just get a break Mm -hmm. and, like you said, um, just, just chill out, have some fun, go fly fishing in the mountains and those kinds of things. They could do that. Um, but there are pla- and there are places yeah. that do that well, really well. Um, uh, but, but the, mm-hmm. the greater part of what we do is our debrief and, um, mm-hmm. that's where we come into play and, and bringing 40 years of ministry into play, I think is very helpful for a lot of pastors because they're not talking to someone who learned something from a book and, but have never been in the trenches, um, we're talking about someone who has been where they're at and can understand the, their plight and their difficulties, and can speak to some of that and help yeah. coach and facilitate it.
0: Yeah, my understanding too, Glenn, and I mean, I mean, having known you as a friend and a colleague, is that you you also can help people if they want to get put together a plan when they get back. You've done church consulting, you know all the church growth stuff and the leadership stuff and you've taught those classes and so on. So if a person gets to the point where they're like, okay, I want to go back and I want to do a different job, a better job. I want to make a plan. You guys are equipped and prepared to help them do that too, right?
1: Yeah. We, uh, we, we offer certainly long-term coaching and consulting. Um, one of the things that we do with all of our couples is we offer a six week, six month and one year up. up. Uh, to take some of their goals that they've created and uh, check in with them to see how they're doing. That's, that's mm-hmm. the minimal that we do with our couples. Um, but if they are open to more and want more, um, we certainly can provide that for them to help keep them to other reality and keep them on track to some of the things that they sort of had an aha experience with the Lord um, while they were with us to help kind of keep them on track.
0: Yeah. So Glenn, I think it, I, we, uh, we need to tell people about like how this works. Right. So most it's part, one of the problems with this is the church, a lot of the people who need to do this the most, their churches have shrunk a little bit. Expenses get more every year. Part of what's creating a lost these pastor is the financial squeeze. And a lot of them don't feel like they can ask their church for the money it costs to go on this kind of thing. Right. And so it's essentially has to get funded by the people who don't need it, which is not normally a good economic principle to say somebody who's not going to benefit from something is going to pay for it. Right. But there are things that we as Christians do value and pay for, um, outside of the economic principle of customer producer. And like, this is one of them, like helping people who are hurt is one of the things that like is worth paying for. Even if somebody else benefits, and somebody else pays a third party pays. So like how is, how does this sort of thing happen? Like Christians decide they care about this and then they encourage their local church to support pastor to pastor, or they decide they're going to sponsor a pastor's trip. They give to the ministry monthly. How, do, how does this work financially?
1: So we have committed to, um, offer this to pastors, uh, for no charge. They, uh, they stay with us uh, for six days or, or three or four, whatever they choose. And we went into it feeling like the Lord wanted us to remove all of the barriers that we could to or excuses that pastors would use to not come. And one of those was mm-hmm. the money piece that you just talked about. So we, we do this yeah. for no charge to a pastor. So all we ask is for them to get there. Um, and so uh, once they're there, uh, their meals are covered. Um, it's, it's all covered, the, the lodging, the meals. Uh, we even send them up into the mountains one night for a special special treat for the pastor and his spouse to spend a night in a VRBO um, just to have some time away, just the two of them. And we felt like the Lord said, just just trust me here. Uh, you take care of, of the shepherd, we'll take care of shepherd to shepherd. And so we, that's what we're doing. Um, and so we're just trusting that the body of Christ is uh, going to see the benefit. Uh, and, and it's missional. It's not just uh, missions. Is, it's not just about our church. It's about the gospel being proclaimed to all four corners of the earth. Mm-hmm. And this is missional. It's, it's seeing the benefit and the value of something like this whether it's just your pastor or pastors across the city that need it. And so I believe that when you when you t- when you touch a pastor, you touch a church. And when you touch a church, you touch a city. And when you touch a city, you touch the kingdom of God in just a supernatural supernatural exponential way. And I think I think the kingdom of God is advanced when shepherds are strong. And so that's, that's our um, vision. That's our model. That's what we're called to do at this point. Um, and so we're, we're just trusting that God is going to provide the resources necessary. Right now, we're slammed with those. I think there are 13 people. We're booked right now to until um, the end of February 2022. Um, but we need the resources. We need, we need the financial resources to be able to care for them when they come. Um, we, we've got the pastors signing up to be here. Um, We just, we just need, you know, the financial support to be there as well. And I believe it will be. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I I think a couple of things for people to take away is, man, you can't imagine what it's like to be a pastor. Um, If you're listening to this and you haven't been one, um, it is true that there are a lot of really terrible pastors. And it's also true that there are lazy pastors out there and unbelieving ones and all of that. That's true. But there are also pastors that really do want to serve God and they are just half beat to death by the work of the ministry. And a lot of it, a lot of it is stuff they've done to themselves. And some of it is the circumstances of life and other things as well. And they just, they have to get out of the fishbowl for a little bit to figure it out. And they need a faithful guide, both in terms of leading the church and in terms of leading them through what they need to go through emotionally to get there. And so um, if you're part of a local church I want to encourage you. Is one of the, one of the parts of your spiritual walk with God should be to be there and to try to make sure that your shepherd is healthy that they're that they're paid decently and fairly that they hear words of encouragement. One of the things you can do is you can write them notes. Just you are doing a great job. Thanks so much for what you are doing. Look for something they're doing good. Tell them it's good. If a, if a church encouraged their pastor, that is like a third or half the battle. You know, yeah. um,
1: yep.
0: but then there's other things that you can offer to your pastor to make sure they have the resources to succeed and to thrive in the ministry, both themselves and their families. Cause one of the things I found, Glenn, you can come on this is I would think somewhere between half and 80% of pastors who do leave the ministry. It's cause their wife is done. Absolutely. And she's like, it's me or that church. And so if Absolutely. you don't take care of that pastor's family, you're going to lose the pastor.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. The, the church becomes the mistress.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the kids suffer. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like going out of your way, like you don't know what it's like to be a pastor's kid. Don't correct them. Don't be mean to them. Be super encouraging to pastor's kids. Um, You know, that kind of stuff. But then also things like offering your pastor a sabbatical, like minimally every five to seven years, five to seven weeks, like just minimally, just turn them loose and pay a salary, make counseling available to your ministry staff so they can deal with their personal problems so that your church isn't negatively affected by them. They have longevity and also like everything that good that happens in them gets dumped into the ministry and everybody benefits from, right? But then lastly, making sure they have retreats and making sure they have those, these getaway experiences that are rejuvenating and vision creating and debriefing can be really critical.
1: That's so true. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, yeah, sorry. You
1: want to comment before I tell no, you tell said about it, the you web, said it. website and stuff? No, you said it well. Yeah. You you really have sort of highlighted some of the, 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 the big rocks, we call them, that uh, yeah. will help keep a pastor excited and motivated and uh, excited about what God has for him and his church. And uh, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah.
0: So if you, if you go to high point, I want you to know that like we've, we've spent, we've given away thousands of dollars in the last year just to support pastors sometimes for their personal expenses. Like some of our immigrant pastors who are giving their personal finances away to people in their church and they can't even pay their own rent. Like one of the ways we stepped in as church is just like paying their rent, help helping them personally financially. We've given to pastors, and help pay for some of these needs in their church, so that they wouldn't give their own money, so that they could pay their rent and buy groceries for themselves. To the to we've supported a pastor, a couple going to shepherd to shepherd because we value that. There's a number of things that we've done. Um, but this ministry that Glenn has started is specifically connected with Madison. He pastored here in Madison. He knows a lot of pastors here in Madison. Some of the pastors that he that are scheduled to come to Shepherd to Shepherd in Colorado Springs are from Madison. And um, so this is one of the reasons we want you to know about this ministry. Know that you can support this ministry. Know what it's doing to try to strengthen the church in Madison. Because the church cannot be strong in Madison without pastors who can stand in and do the work with courage and strength. And we can't do that with a bunch of burned out, depressed pastors whose families are coming apart.
1: Yes, sir. Well said.
0: So how do they how do they connect, Glenn? What are the websites? Where are the bank accounts? How do they how do they support it if they feel moved to do so if God's leading them to do it? Or if they just so, care about
1: this. Yeah, the best way to do it is just go to our website at s number two s two 2121cos.com. That's S2S, that's the number two, S2S21cos.com. And on that, you'll see what we're doing. You'll have a donate button um, if you would like to give. Uh, you can give online and uh, help us out any way you can. Uh, And and also just pray for us. Pray that God will give us the strength and the stamina that we're called or that we need to fulfill the calling that Mm -hmm. God has on us. Yeah. Yeah. So If you listen to this, you guys know. If they'd like to send a check, Nick, uh, they don't want to do it online, they can send it to 24 Estes once again, 2411 Delicato Court, Colorado Springs, Colorado.
0: 80921. So we'll try to put that in the show notes too so that you can make sure you're sending it to the right place. Um, you guys, those of you who listen to this, whether you're part of High Point or you're listening and you go to another local church, you know that um, there's lots of things that we believe in. Glenn believes in almost all those things too, like building up people in the marketplace, believers to do ministry in their vocations, building up the local church. Um, being involved in multiracial relationships within the local church so that churches of different kinds of people are with church people of different um, backgrounds and ethnicities. There's all kinds of ways in which we need to build up the work of the body of Christ, evangelism citywide, those sorts of things. But um, without the church being led well, without the church being led by healthy pastors, it is very hard to gain any ground and especially to keep any ground in ministering to people and winning people over for Christ. And so this, this part is um, just a non-negotiable if we want to move things forward in Madison. So I hope that you'll consider this. Um, There should be uh, some videos on the High Point Church YouTube page of Glenn on Sunday morning, this coming Sunday morning. And um, the website is available for you to learn more about the ministry. Glenn, you got any final words for people?
1: No, man, I'm just so blessed with High Point Church and its place in the city. God has um, equipped you with a wonderful pastor Nick and I uh, enjoy fishing together and hanging out, and we've developed a a fairly close friendship. And uh, I'm just honored that you would allow me to to share a few minutes and talk a little bit about our heart. You've been so supportive. The uh, the elders have, uh, your pastoral team have been so supportive. It's been interesting that from the day we actually moved to to Madison to start the church, um, one of the secretaries um, from High Point Church actually wrote us a card and welcomed us to town. Uh, our first few first two days in town we got a we got a note from high Point so it's been a relationship that's been ongoing and uh, we're so thrilled at continuing this relationship over the years to come. Thanks yeah. Nick.
0: Yeah we're glad that you're doing this with your like most mature season of ministry and um, I'm just I hope that um, that God does some really great things through this through this season and this ministry you're doing. Yeah all right guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please pass it on to other people that you think might be interested in this ministry. Um, There's some folks that just really care about the health of the local church, and this is a great way for them to participate. And other people you might know in Madison who even go to other churches uh, might really appreciate this content. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Engage and Equip podcast. If you like this episode, rate us, review us on your favorite podcast platform, and also share this episode with a friend. That is the best way that we have to reach new listeners. If you have an idea for a question that you want us to answer on the podcast or just a general podcast topic, send us an email at podcast at highpointchurch.org, and we'll do our best to fit it in. Also, if you'd like to find more episodes of the podcast, you can do so by going to highpointchurch.org podcast, or else we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, other apps like that. So until next time, thanks for joining us for this episode of Engage and Equip.